welcome to the fine margins youtube channel everybody we are here to recap groups a and b they finished off today and the teams have booked their place into the round of 16 we're also going to be previewing group c and d these showdowns for tomorrow's fixtures as those teams look to book their place into the next round but plenty to discuss and plenty of betting to discuss as well with the games tomorrow with so much to talk about we have brought in alex and paul mcdonald is back for today super excited to have these two here to discuss what we saw as you saw i'm happy with england alex is happy with netherlands we were probably a little bit unhappy with some other performances which we will talk about but uh we're on a little bit of a time schedule today let's go right into the games so group a finished off senegal getting the win against ecuador i a little bit surprised with a, a tad bit surprised with that one ecuador leaking two goals in that one that was more high scoring than i had anticipated and netherlands i don't think they look great they got the 2-0 win against qatar which was more than enough for them let's go to alex first of all to talk about group a today yeah, I mean, the Netherlands take care of business. I know a lot will be made about their performances in this group stage. It hasn't been the most convincing by any means. I'll be the first to uh, to say that. But I think it's it's also a case of just the strangeness that exists in tournament play where, you know, you get the win in the first group match. You're kind of going to that second one against Ecuador, knowing that a point is is fine for you with Qatar in the last match. And then today, you know, with the way the group was shaping up, it was it was a case of, I mean, again, a draw or a narrow win, you know, doing the trick and they get that early lead. And I think, you know, you're not going to press on and sort of try and embarrass the host when you have first place sort of wrapped up. But, you know, ultimately they took care of business. It wasn't the most convincing, but, you know, Depay's back. Obviously you have Gakpo in great form right now. Yep. When you have a guy like that who can just sort of, you know, convert a not even a half chance, you know, sort of out of nothing. Um, you know, it, you can go a long way in this tournament. But again, there's a fine line between between having that and relying on it. So they have to obviously bring a little bit better than we've seen from them so far. I think that shouldn't be too much of an issue against a U.S. team that I just I can't see posing much of a threat against this back line. So, yeah. And then, I mean, I mean Ecuador, Senegal, it was schoolyard defending from these set pieces. I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah. That's not that. That's not the type of thing you'd expect, especially from an Ecuador side that's so you know stingy defensively. But really, just like grade school type stuff that allowed that game to sort of break open. Um, I had the under, so I wasn't too thrilled about that. I, I thought that uh, there weren't enough chances to sort of lose that bet. At, at worst, you're going to push on the two. But again, I mean, when you're defending like that from set pieces, and what are we Senegal keeping a guy in the post? Are teams are still doing that. That's like, that's archaic right now. I mean, you're playing the guy on side. I don't know what the point of that is. So <laughs> just really frustrating uh, overall in that game. But Ecuador ultimately not going through. We had that bet uh, in one of our futures. So it was nice to see that get home, even though I wasn't the most uh, convinced that would going into today. So I had the under in both those morning games cashed in the Netherlands one. Not, I wouldn't say comfortably, but it did. It was, it wasn't under three. So it would have pushed worst case. I did have the under as well, like I said, in that first game, or in the Senegal-Ecuador game. So a little bit upset with the set piece defending there. But let's flip over to Paul. Uh, what were your thoughts on Group A fixtures and the teams that have advanced in the next round? Yeah, the, these these teams just aren't doing what we're telling them, man. It's just so frustrating. Like, they should really yeah. be listening to us in terms of how they play, and things would be so yeah. much better for everybody. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I tipped up half-time, full-time for the Dutch, which cashed. Um, but like you guys, I was um, I was under 2.5, which was really frustrating because I felt as if once Ecuador got it back to one each, I felt as if that game could have, if it, if it lasted three or four minutes, that game would have probably finished one all, I think. 
Yeah. Um, and they just get out with a sucker punch on that really poor defending in that set piece. So that was that was quite frustrating. Um, and I, I don't know, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of think that maybe Ecuador would have given England a better game, just a more competitive match. I feel like Senegal might play a, a bit more of an open game, which might feed into England's hands. I think Ecuador would have been a bit more solid um, and stable in defence, which might have made a more interesting game there. But but yeah, like the the Dutch, I think um, I think everybody who who wants um, them to go far in this tournament are hoping that they're keeping some some energy left in the tank here because they've been far from convincing in all three group games. But hey, seven points out of nine, they did what they had to do, finished top of the group, and now the tournament really starts from here for them. Yeah, so entertaining morning fixtures there. Netherlands into the next round, looking at the Group B in just a second here. I want to remind you guys that Fine Margins is part of the Hammer Betting Network, and this is the soccer content division, which is presented by the Betfred Sportsbook. Make sure you sign up to Betfred Sports for all of your sports betting needs throughout the World Cup and for other sports as well. And if you want to watch this show, we go live every single weekday at 4.15 p.m. Eastern Time on the Fine Margins YouTube channel. Make sure you are subscribed there and also on the Fine Margins Twitter account at Fine Margins with two S's there. Want to reach people on Twitter, but we would love if you did come over to the YouTube. We don't see your comments in real time from Twitter. So if you want to get interacting with us, make sure you've commented on the YouTube channel and you have subscribed there. But overall, Netherlands, as expected, win this group. For me, Senegal, as expected, finished second in the group going into the tournament. Those are my expectations. As an England supporter, uh, I'm I'm fearful. I would like I would expect England to beat both Senegal and Ecuador, whoever they got here. But Senegal offer more going forward, which kind of scares me. But also Ecuador have more at the back, which England have maybe struggled a little bit with stubborn defenses in previous World <sighs> Cups. But England, after all, did win their group here. We'll move over into Group B. They really took care of business against Wales. It was a bit of a stubborn Wales in the first half, opened up by a brilliant free kick by Marcus Rashford. He is top, along with Gakpo, in the golden boot department. So credit to him. Also, the U.S. get the job done. They beat Iran 1-0. Iran did not look good in this game. And let's start with Alex here because he had some money riding on Iran to get out of his group. And in position today, only a draw gets them through. I'll let you take it away. You have a lot of comments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really wasn't impressed with either side. Um, I think that Iran looked like they were defending a one nothing lead as opposed to chasing the game. It was really just like, I mean, in the 70th minute, you have free kicks and you have two guys in the box or, you know, delivering crosses. And it was just, they're just out there, you know, crying for penalties and looking for for something to go their way and it's just it's just not the way you wanted to see it um i think as moon looked really disengaged in the first half i i tweeted that out before he was subbed off and then they took him off at halftime i wonder if he was injured if so that's a big blow if not then you have to question his mentality because i'm not sure what was going on there he was giving the ball away cheaply it was really poor from him um and the u.s i mean i don't think we saw anything that changes our opinion of them here like they, they're still struggling to create chances. They basically carved out one chance and, you know, Pulisic is getting all the praise on, on Twitter here, but really just a really nice ball from McKenney and a great header across from Dest. I thought that Dest played a really good game, at least in the first half. That's sort of where he excels when, you know, you're in a position where you just have to get forward and attack. Or there's no, no real uh, concern about tracking back and defending. So that's obviously not going to be the case against the Netherlands. I'm not sure that they have enough on either side, the U.S., to really trouble them. It's, I mean, and if they're going to pull off the, the upset, which is obviously possible, but 
it's going to be Bearhalter who's going to have to come up with something special against Van Hal, and that might be one of the biggest coaching mismatches we have in the, the round of 16. So I get, I just wasn't impressed with either side. Really disappointed with how I ran attack that game. And uh, I mean, you start with a 4-3-3, which shows that maybe we're going to have a little bit of attacking intent. That wasn't the case whatsoever. They struggled to string passes together in midfield, and it just didn't get better from there on out. They never really could get stuck in. And yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately, despite not creating all that much, the U.S. did deserve to go through. Yeah, the U.S., I thought they look, I'll give them credit. Iran did not look good. I'll give the U.S. credit. They really took it to the to Iran, in the, especially in the first half, chasing that goal. And the goal was coming. It was more than deserved when it did go in. We were, we were asking yesterday on the show, how would they get that goal? And to be honest, they, they probably could have had more than one in that first half. It was a well-taken goal. Great ball over the top to, I believe it was Dest. It was Dest. Good header across. Pulisic is in position. We said yesterday, if Pulisic is the golden boy, he's got to have his golden moment. I guess that was it for him. And personally, I, I recognize, you know, I've had my criticism for the U.S. They deserve to come out of this group. And the Netherlands haven't been spectacular. They're obviously going to be favored in this one. And as a Netherlands fan, I'm sure you you don't mind this matchup against Bearhalter. But I think the U.S. see this as a vulnerable Netherlands team that they can take advantage of. But, Paul, any comments on that match that we saw with the Red U.S. and also on the Brits who get it done against the Welsh? Yeah, I, I think we have pegged Iran wrongly at every turn in this tournament honestly like um, <laughs> every time I ex- expected something from them the opposite tended to happen like in fairness I did say that um, I was hot on Iran doing something in this match because of the circumstances and not necessarily because of the um, of the of the strength of the team and I do think similarly to the um, to the Senegal incident if, if Iran get to half time at 0-0 it could have been maybe a different second half and, and, and mm-hmm. uh, the US may have been under a bit of pressure, but it was all about getting to that moment to get the draw over the line to see how they actually looked in the second half. And it, it may have been different if that had been the case. But yeah, I don't think many people can complain about the, the USA going through it. I think Jacob makes a good point. Probably consistently, other than England, the USA had the best halves out of any other team in the tournament. I think they put in two or three solid halves across the matches, whereas Wales barely put in 30 minutes worth worth note worth of note in the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. And you could say that Iran maybe in the second half against against Wales played well, but apart from that played really poorly. So on that merit, probably the second best team is going through. And I think Alex is a little more confident than I am about what the Dutch could do against this um this USA team. I think that might be a tighter game than than we might expect just because the USA have got nothing to lose now. They've managed to get out of this group. They've, they've managed to meet or exceed expectations in that regard. And the pressure is going to be massively on the Dutch to go and convert this. And um, yeah, I just didn't like... Gakpo aside, I'm, I'm not really not seeing much from this team at the moment to make me think that they can go deep or, or challenge any of the big guns for this tournament. So Netherlands, maybe for the picking. US, also for the picking. I think we're going to have a very interesting round of 16 here. Uh, there was a comment here from Amar. Talk, I believe this is in reference to the Iran penalty shot at the end of the game. I very much don't think that was a penalty. I don't think no. either of you would as but well on that one. But just to, to quickly touch on England here, uh, I think Paul summed it up best with, the, with their match against Scotland at the previous Euros, comparing that to their match against the U.S., second group game where a draw kind of suits England. They get the job done in the final game. It was probably the much easier opponent in Wales. I also realize at science point, I said the Brits when I should have said the English. Anyways, England do get the job done 3-0. I have a considerable amount of confidence for them going forward against Senegal, going really deep in this tournament. I think they can be undone, but ultimately, I mean, 
they've kept the ball out of the net here, uh, other than leaking two unfortunate ones who ran, one of which was a penalty. I don't think it was a penalty. So England going forward, they're a threat, I think, to make it deep in this tournament. So happy with that seven points there. But let's move into tomorrow as we go to Group C and Groups D. Some some polarizing affairs, I would say, overall, especially in Group D. But we are going to start here with Group C. Pull up the Betfred odds screen here. And excuse me, let me just pull it up right now. Australia playing Denmark as well as Tunisia facing against France. So Australia have done their job so far in this tournament. They've got three points. And a result here could see them through to the next round, especially after Denmark don't quite get the win or don't quite get the points against France. Not that maybe that would have mattered here. Tunisia playing against France. Alex was pretty high on Tunisia going to this round. I'm not sure if you had any sort of future time. I think your futures were on Denmark to win this group. So yeah. we will start with you here. How do you see yourself approaching the final day here? And how do you see these playing out compared to what you had on your futures market going in? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still, I was, haven't been so super impressed with Denmark, but I'm still pretty high on them tomorrow. I think this is a really good matchup for them. Australia are just going to, I mean, leave it all out there. They have a chance to go through with, you know, I think a draw actually gets them through, correct? Um, it looks like, yeah, a draw would probably get them through, assuming Tunisia did Likely, not beat yes. France. Yes. So, I mean, maybe we won't see the most attacking display from them, but I do believe that Denmark will be able to break them down rather easily. Once they get that first goal, Australia will then be forced to open things up. I think it could get ugly. I think that Denmark on the Asian handicap, you know, minus one, um, I think that's a pretty safe and a pretty good bet. Uh, I really, I, I think that was around minus 115 or something like that. Even if you're looking for a parlay piece, I think minus 209 on Betfred right now, I think that's a, uh, a good look as well. In terms of the Tunisia-France game, I mean, Tunisia might be able to give them a little bit of trouble, you know, pack the box, defend well. I'm not sure what type of team France are going to put out there. Obviously, they've been dealing with injuries coming into the tournament. Wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they rotated the squad quite a bit to avoid any further damage there. So that's probably a game that I don't really have too much interest in, just with the lack of desire for France. And Tunisia really, I mean, kind of up against it here. They don't really have much of a shout to go through. So I, uh, I do like Denmark, though, tomorrow. That's probably one of my favorite looks of the day. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Uh, I've made my bets for the rest of the group stage already. Denmark was one of them. I did take them on the handicap here because... I feel like an early goal could come for Denmark. And if that's the case, Australia will really have to open themselves up. And if they do that, I just think there's too much quality in the Denmark side. They haven't necessarily shown it a ton so far in this tournament, but I think it is there to expose Australia. So uh, I like that side. Going to the over-under side of it before we flip over to Paul. Uh, first of all, in the Australia-Denmark game, over-under around two and a half. That's the ex- expectation, a usual for uh, a soccer match at two and a half, and you go to the Tunisia and France side where it is partially juiced towards the over. Maybe the indication there that France can win 2 1 there, or maybe just score all three themselves. But, Paul, anything in mind, betting wise and expectation wise, for the Group C fixtures tomorrow? Yeah, I was pretty hot in Denmark pre tournament as well. Um, but it's fair to say that they haven't pre- impressed me much so far. And that's my concern. Like, I really should be going gangbusters on Denmark here because I really don't rate Australia at all. And the fact that they beat Tunisia doesn't really factor into my thinking there. Um, But Denmark should be going into this game with a Tunisia win behind them and only having to do the necessary to get through here. But the fact they have to go and chase this game, um, I'm just a little bit anxious about it. They're not not at their best in in that kind of scenario against a team that 
will just defend for their lives. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't have much faith in the in the Australia backline in terms of keeping them out. But the the guys that, that pull the strings just aren't really firing in this tournament so far. Ericsson is but on the periphery of games. Um, all the attacking elements, even even at fullback, guy like, a guy like Mela, who's such an important element for them, hasn't really been involved in the game so far at this, this tournament. So I hope and think that Denmark will still get it done, but I, I'm pretty conscious of the fact that it could be a messy affair and I think it could be a scrappy one and maybe a 1-0 or, or, or 2-0 with a penalty or something or a set-piece involved could be could be what gets them over the line. They are a, definitely a better team than Australia. Um I'd be stunned if this Australia team makes, makes their own to 16. I really would. Yeah. Um, but, but stranger things have happened in this tournament. And when the pressure is on over a 90-minute period, when you've got guys who aren't really at their creative best, things can happen. So if I was going to place a, place a stake on this game, it would probably be Denmark and, and some kind of unders um, combination, I think, um, because I don't think it's going to be a, a runaway victory. But I'm just a little bit nervous about Denmark. And I, I hope they get it done because I, want, I think once they get out into the the um, knockouts and play some more established teams, I think they can play better. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be just a little bit wary of, of, of this one being a straightforward win because I don't think it is going to be. Yeah, I, I see Australia this one. They they will work for this one. They know what's on the line. They know what's at stake. They are going to be working uh, the utmost to get a result here. This will be probably a similar Australia setup to the one we saw against Peru that got them to this tournament. It seems like they were more than content to draw that one, get it to penalties, and get over the line there. Well, this one, a draw probably does enough without having the penalty side of things. So I can see them absolutely just kind of sitting deep here and working for or making Denmark work for their victory. So I am very intrigued by that one. But let's go now into Group D. This is probably the one that that people have a lot more of eyes on. Poland against Argentina. Argentina probably need to win this game. Saudi Arabia is playing against Mexico. Mexico with a big chance to get out of this group as well. I mean, assuming Argentina beat Poland, then Mexico will have to get their three points against Saudi Arabia. But Saudi Arabia, a draw might get them out. Like all four teams here in with a big opportunity to get out of this group here. Uh, let's start with Paul on this one because I know you've got you've got your outright riding on Argentina and uh, you're really hoping for something here. Not just for your bet, but also for the sake of Lionel Messi any way that you are going to be approaching Poland, Argentina, or Saudi Arabia, Mexico? Yeah, this is a, this is a really exciting end to a group. The, the permutations here are, are pretty much infinite. The one thing that I do, that I am on, on board with, is I don't think that Saudi Arabia are perhaps as good as people are making out in this tournament. But I'm a bit of digging around with just the XG for and XG against. Uh, and then in the bottom six in the tournament, by a, by a, by a long stretch, um, in terms of being, being in a negative score for goal, uh, expected goals, so um, we know that they, they defeated Argentina in the opening game with pretty much two shots on target and two goals. Um, and the, their chances, aside from the penalty that they missed against Poland, were also at a premium. So you take, you take away that penalty, how many chances have they really created in open play? Not many. So it all depends how this match plays out. Um, if they have to go and chase it, I don't think that they're a team that would be capable of going to chase it, even against a Mexico team that we all agree are probably the weakest that they've been in a generation. Um but they're still in the mix and they, and they still want to go and, and try and win the game. And they've also got 20,000, 30,000 fans out there who love yeah. this, this game, who yeah. want to see something from them at this tournament. So, so I, I, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's one that I'm, I'm going to try and oppose Saudi Arabia on, I think. Um, I think that, that, that Mexico might, maybe not, maybe not if they don't win the game, certainly frustrate Saudi Arabia enough 
that um, it could be a, a, a hard afternoon for them. And I certainly wouldn't be betting Saudi Arabia on the nose. So I might look to double chance Mexico and um, and the draw, but maybe try and loop in some some combination with goals, unders there as well, because I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game either based on the attacks of both teams. So that's that's that one. But as far as Argentina versus Poland goes, I'm trying not to let my heart rule my head here because, I, like I said in, in last night, I'm just not impressed with Argentina's build-up play and attack. And again, it's one of one of those, but they're, they're stuck in a halfway house again because a draw might get them through here. Granted, that it'll, it'll probably put them through in second place, but it still gets them there. And um, considering the, the, where they were after the, the Saudi Arabia defeat, I think that would be enough for some for some Argentine fans. So it's going to be a really tricky one to try and balance that. It's a really, really strange fixture. It's a type of game where you can imagine literally nothing happening until about the 60-minute mark and then fireworks for the last half hour yeah. once the, the permutations yeah. of the group are actually shown themselves. So if I was going to go for anything on that one, do you know what, guys? I might go for nil-nil at half-time and just bet the half-time correct score because um, we've seen it so many times. It almost landed in Iran versus USA tonight. It landed in England versus Wales. Um, I could definitely see that game being a, a, an example of Poland keeping Messi out, Argentina keeping Lewandowski out. OK, guys, we've reached our mark. Let's play some football now. So that's, that's the way I could see that one heading, I think. So looking at the over-unders on both of these, I'm a little bit intrigued by this under on this is Saudi Arabia, Mexico. It is juiced towards the over two and a half. I would have guessed it would have been the opposite. So I can see myself having some play in there a little bit later. As far as Poland, Argentina, uh, it is heavily juiced towards the under. I mean, I, I, I can I guess I can kind of see why that's the case, but I, I would have thought that'd be closer to even on both sides of the two and a half there. We'll get Alex's thoughts on that in just a second here. Uh, as far as the Mexico-Saudi Arabia game for myself, uh, I think we're actually be opposed on this one. I have already put down handicap money on Saudi Arabia <laughs> to get a result here against Mexico. So a little bit of head-to-head action, apparently. Uh, I wouldn't say that's because I'm high on Saudi Arabia. I, I actually did think they looked okay against Poland. I'm more down on Mexico. I, I just struggled to see this side breaking down a Saudi Arabia team that's going to be probably really resilient here, especially with so many of their fans in the crowd it feels like a little bit of a home game for that and geographically it is potentially nearly a home game for them compared to mexico so i think they just might have enough in the tank to sneak one out against mexico and get into the round of 16 if it does come to that as well so uh really interesting situations all over the place in this group let's go to alex for his thoughts yeah, I think we're going to have a lot of head-to-heads here because um, I, I want nothing to do with the side in this game, but I really do actually like the over in the Mexico and Saudi Arabia. I think that <laughs> I think we can see a lot of goals here. Um, Mexico are going to have to obviously press and press and press, you know, whether it's one nothing, 2 nothing, They're still going to have to be pressing because in all likelihood, it's going to come down to goal difference. They don't want to leave anything up to chance. You know, a 2 nothing win and a Poland 2 nothing loss would then come down to fair play. I don't think they want that. You know, we're going to need to see a lot of goals from them. They're going to try and score three, four. Are they able to? I don't necessarily think so. But I think they're definitely going to be able to get one or two. And Saudi Arabia, at the same time, aren't going to be able to just sort of park the bus because a draw will not get them through unless Poland are actually able to beat Argentina by, I think, three goals. So, I mean, that's not going to happen because just at that point, they'll both finish with with three points. And, you know, it'll come down to goal difference. Right now, Argentina's plus one, Saudi's minus one and Argentina have more goals for. So it would have to be a pretty lopsided Argentina defeat for Saudi to get through. Um, or I, yeah, well, anyways, but um, I think actually that the 
Saudi would then have four points and then, but still Saudi Arabia are going to need to need Argentina to lose to go through with the draw, right? Which isn't going to happen. So I do think that they're going to have to press on a little bit. They can't be too cautious. Mexico's defense is a little bit clumsy. They're kind of out of sorts when they push forward. I think that Saudi Arabia have shown at least an ability to get into dangerous areas. You know, I think they'll be able to convert one, maybe two. I think this is just going to be an open game from start to finish. And I do think we're going to see some goals here. And conversely, I agree with Paul in terms of Argentina-Poland in the sense that it will be low scoring, especially early on. Argentina, there's so much at stake for them right now. Obviously, there's a lot at stake for Poland as well. But Argentina really feel the pressure right now. And they're not going to want to leave anything, you know, chasing the game in the second half. They're going to have to be smart. They're going to keep this a little bit tight in the early going. And I don't think Poland, they do have, you know, obviously quality individual players up front, but I don't think they have the cohesiveness and the team quality to really trouble a, a you know, a strong Argentina back line. So yeah, early on, I think this can be really tight. Maybe a goal comes, opens things up a bit, but even then if Argentina are to score the first goal, I mean, Poland aren't going to start pressing on because it's going to, again, come down to goal difference at that point. And Mexico would have to do some serious damage against Saudi Arabia for that to happen. So I think unders, blanket unders there, and I like the overs in the uh, Saudi Arabia game. I'm not going to touch any side in this game, just hoping for, you know, our Poland to advance tickets to go cash. So interesting stuff all over this group. I am, I'm just so excited for this Argentina game. The tension is going to be unbelievable. Just the country in general when it comes to World Cups, Lionel Messi's career and his legacy in general at stake in this match there it's just going to be so tense and so interesting to watch as a neutral for this one uh, for that reason i I'm, I'm just going to stay away from that one and just enjoy the show because there's both teams even a lot at stake there but uh there's a couple minutes left this is an interesting question that i saw earlier that i actually want to get your guys opinion on so uh there was a question from Amar. What do you guys make the line for Netherlands and US? And let's also put add in England here. Uh, let's go to Alex first of all. Make your line to advance between England, Senegal, Netherlands, USA predictions, and then we'll go to Paul after. Uh, to advance. Um, to advance. Yeah. Uh, to advance is it's a different market, not one that I really pay okay so closest w- attention to. I think Netherlands will be a, around minus one twenty five ish though on the money line in the three way market. Probably yep. see maybe around like minus 200 to advance, um, you know, if that conversion sort of makes sense. But yeah, I think they'll be around minus 125 to beat the U.S. And in terms of Senegal, England, I think England will still be uh, upwards of minus 200 here. And I think that Paul spoke about this earlier, but I think this is a much better matchup for England. People are, you know, concerned about Senegal, but I think that actually Ecuador, that game would have been so conducive to their playing style. I think it would have been a really fun game. I think Senegal, I think... You know, it won't necessarily be a straightforward win, but I think they'll dispatch them rather easily. I, w- I would agree around minus 200 for England is what I was going to say. Netherlands, I-, I was thinking minus 115 in the Windrow win and then near probably 170 to advance. But let's go to Paul as well for his thoughts as we wrap this up. Uh, let's go Windrow win if that's easier, but feel free to go with the two advance uh-huh. market. I think that um, I, I'm waiting for the permutations to come out and then I'll make, I'll make the call. But I am strongly thinking about betting drawing 90 minutes or the games to go to penalties in every knockout match and see what happens. And seriously, I, I'm, I'm thinking about doing that because the way that the matches have played out so far, um, we know how ineffective extra time is for, for solving matches. Um, so you could probably get decent odds on games going to penalties. Um, if, if you get 
I don't know, out of the knockout games, if you maybe get 30%, 35% of those, you'll probably be cash up, I, I would say. So that's probably going to be my angle. And it wouldn't, even though I, I think England and uh, the uh, Netherlands will be favourites going into these matches, um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if one of the two of them went to penalties, to be honest, because just because of the way this tournament has played out so far and just because people are, teams are um, are just averse to losing games at the moment. It's kind of like, it's kind of been an old school tournament in that regard in some respects. Like teams are, are looking to not lose games rather than win them in the first instance. And if that's happening in the group stages, you can be damn sure it's going to happen in the knockouts. So that's that's the kind of angle I would take. But if I was to if I was to go for any angle, I would say probably England to get it done in 90 minutes. But I think I think Netherlands versus USA has the opportunity to go all the way. I could see that being a penalty shootout, I think. Yeah, that's a tense one. I that one going in, it kind of reminds me of USA against Belgium. Uh, I think two tournaments ago at the World Cup yeah. where it, it was it went to extra time and it did it end I think it ended 2-1 despite going yeah. to extra time the Tim Howard game the famous one there so excited for all these excited for the matches tomorrow as I mentioned but that yeah Alex one more yeah, thought. Yeah the one thing I'll say about the US too is that we've seen them sort of fade out a lot in these matches where I think fatigue is setting in some of these guys That's don't good play a ton of club football right um like a lot of these guys aren't getting big minutes at the club level which is obviously proving to be a little bit of an issue for them right now so if that if that were to go to extra time I do question what their fitness would be like and at the same time I mean they've played three really intense matches now and whereas the Netherlands have kind of been able to take their foot off the gas a little bit so it'll be interesting to see I mean even as a barometer for, you know, the rest of the knockout stages, just kind of seeing what sort of an effect that has. So just on that, just on that one, I, I'm not by any stretch Memphis Depay's biggest fan. And again, today he did nothing to convince me otherwise. I know he's carrying a knock. I know he's not fully fit, but he was dreadful on the pitch today. And I think he's gave Van Gaal some food for thought to think about yeah. how he starts for this game because um, I know he's not got a plethora of options to play up front. But if Depay plays like that against a better team, he's going to be even more exposed than he was today against a relatively poor opposition. So that could be a key, a key factor in the start of the as well. You're not Depay's biggest fan because Depay is Depay's biggest fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how they come up there. Uh, I mean, look, the way Gakpo's playing, you might just want to go for somebody who compliments him and just get give him the goals. Uh, he's had low XG. I don't. I don't even think he's equated one full expected goal, no, but he no. is top of the but tournament. He tried that with Jansen in the first game, and that failed miserably. So it's true. Um, if he tries that again, is he maybe going to try De Jong this time? De Jong would be my preference, I think, if you're going to play that way yeah. ahead of Jansen. Um, but I think that the, the entire Dutch station, based on people I've been speaking to as well, just get the pie fit for the knockouts, and we'll be we'll be good. And based on that today, I'm not sure that he is fit at all. So and there's real, real, real um, a real dilemma there for Van Gaal. So I think that's all for our thoughts here. Thank you so much for tuning in to Fine Margins. Really appreciate everybody who's listened in. Make sure you have subscribed on YouTube at Fine Margins and followed us on Twitter at Fine Margins. If you're listening on podcasts, make sure to follow us there and rate and review five stars. Really does help us out. Remember, Fine Margins goes live on YouTube and Twitter every single weekday at 4.15 p.m. Eastern time to bring you coverage of the games from the day and also previews and betting angles for the games in the next day. If you're watching on podcast, it comes out 30 to 60 minutes after we finish, basically as soon as possible after the live stream ends. But thank you to Alex for joining. Thank you to Paul again for joining. And we'll be back tomorrow on Fine Margins for more World Cup betting content and reactions. 